0: Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy Frenzy. on Cofield and Company. Company. You know I'm just busting your chops, right? About Cinco de Mayo? Oh, of course. I generally do nothing today, although I advise everyone to come down to Silver 7's, celebrate with their great happy hour, 277, uh, on margaritas and beers. I'm just part of the machine. Um, But this is, I love... Mexican food, love it, right? But this is not the day for me that I would go and get it. It's you know, it's crazy. Well, and it's a and, little crowded. And uh, I can drink Mexican beers and tequila and enchiladas. Like I have, I have enchiladas all the time. So I don't need to do it today. Is that, I your, feel like, is that your version of I've I have not, a Mexican friend? I, I drink enchiladas like, all the time. I actually do. <laughs> well, you know what? I have the I have the really cheap ass version. Um, yeah, you know, the freaking can. Well, I get the the, the tall boy cans yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but now, um, you know, we love Bud Light, We're at The Bud Light Lounge, but but Bud Light. Like, I feel like they they bought into the Michelada canned Michelada market, and oh, it's, yeah. it's not great stuff. Um, but they bought into it. Now you can get like a twelve pack of these. You know, they, they they go down in like two two sips. So. I actually, I'm I all over I, it.
1: I think those are. I really don't like those at all. Um, what oh, you don't like you like even good ones? Nah, like I'm not. But here's the thing, though. It all comes back to the root where. I'm not a big tomato person. Oh, you know what I mean? So like, I like, like salsas and all of those sort of things, tomato based products, you know, meat sauces when we're going to Italian, but like tomatoes themselves kind of are like, eh, they're very much on the bottom of the list.
0: I have talked for years on this show, about having an iron stomach and like eating old food and like, just putting my body to the test. And I'm a, I'm a well oiled machine Did I tell you about the, the one vacation we took to Cabo where I just, it's it's all inclusive, right? So I'm, Listen, I'm getting my money's worth because I am a cheap ass. Right. And, man, I, I'll i tell you two drinks I like: Mudslides. Never had one. Yeah. Mudslides and Micheladas. Yeah. Don't Mix. do seven mudslides oh. and have eight Micheladas after.
1: Oh, my God. That sounds terrible.
0: That got me. Yeah. Like, that's, real good. That, that, I that, still that's... think it was the
1: water.
0: But that tore me up. For, like, a good day on the vacation.
1: I mean, I feel like the eight mudslides alone would probably tear you up.
0: It's heavy stuff. Yeah. It's uh, – I've, I've stayed away from those. Actually, on a on a recent trip, I was hanging out with some dudes. For some reason, they, they love to celebrate getting together with white Russians. Ooh. And I was watching them make white Russians, and I'm like, ugh. Again, I have an iron stomach. I was like, I don't think I can do this.
1: So, Isabel actually went to bartending school, and when she did – you know, we were making like a whole bunch of different drinks and everything like that. They actually one of my favorite drinks because of that are gin gimlets. But one of my low key favorites are White Russians. White Russians are pretty dang good, man.
0: I can do one, but is it uh, don't do three, four? Well, it's got cream in it. Is it, I mean, Lebowski?
1: Is that the guy who's drinking? Yeah, drinks White Russians. The famous movie character.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Okay, to understand, he's nodding his head. Okay, all right. Let's get to it. Football frenzy. Right out of the gates, are the Raiders simply waiting on? the Giants to make a move on Bradbury and that's going to be their big fix at the other cornerback position because we know Trivon Mullen will be in the mix he just got surgery you know Rock Yashin will be one of the guys yep. and they really didn't make a big splash they stayed away in the end from Stephon Gilmore it seems like a lot of people are pointing to the Raiders to pick up Bradbury but I also I still think the I still think the Raiders are gonna be budget conscious at least until they're able to cut You know, a bunch of this money after June 1. So we'll see. I don't know if they're going to go with a big name at the other cornerback position.
1: I mean, I think we have seen in past years that they have at least taken the approach of throw a lot of bodies at the position and and see how it pans out, and that would kind of fall in line. Now, from a cost perspective, how that works, to your point, would be the other question. But I think it would make sense for them to go and acquire him. Given given what you've been willing to do on offense and spending spending assets to go and get guys and all that stuff, it would make sense to then try and really make a push for what seems to be a potential playoff team.
0: Uh, College football, did you see the uh, bad news, at least in the next couple of years for Vegas? BCS title game was coming here 2025. Out! We got kicked out. Why? I saw that, but why? Vegas got replaced by Atlanta. Vegas could very much be in the running. Instead of 2025, Atlanta will slip in for the title game. We could be in the running in 2027. We're still going to have a society by then? So are, we, are we on a clock? Oh, right. Are we at a clock? I, yeah, I mean. There's devastation coming. we got to get all these events soon. Right. End, well, of the,
1: end of the earth is 2026. I will say this. I mean, I am somewhat surprised with this, especially because, I mean, I'm sure you guys have talked about it too. I was listening a little bit. The reviews from NFL people about how the draft just went in this city. People loved it. Yep. It was like every single person talking head. Uh, on on Visa, we were playing clips from Rich Eisen. We played him, too. Yeah, right. He was he loved every second of it out here. Eisen went crazy. Right. And so, I like, title games, things like that, Super Bowls, it's, I, it's a perfect fit for out here. I, I am surprised they would push it back.
0: So, this seems like a big loss for us. It's not a loss. I actually think it's a win. Because I'll, I'll go back to what you were saying about Eisen. Part of what Eisen was saying was that Vegas – absorbed right the draft and hundreds of thousands of people being here yeah that's what we do bro like we're here at silver sevens it's Flamingo and paradise oh, it was flamingo and koval the draft is like technically what like four blocks up the road yep. there was a little bit more traffic back here but it wasn't devastation what do you think what do you if, the, if this is the same distance in kansas city or cleveland or buffalo or detroit What do you think it would be like right here? Or like, you know, a block up on the strip. Like the whole city shuts down. We're built for this. So we had no problem dealing with it. I think this is a win. You ready? So this is according to uh, Brett McMurphy, who's great on college football. He said there was a request to move CES a week. That's CES time. That That is one of our biggest deals. There was a request to move CES a week, which wasn't happening. And Vegas asked the CFP to move the title game back a week. No dice there either. Okay. You know what'll happen when we don't have the BCS title game in twenty twenty five? Nothing. We'll right. be fine. Man. You need us. Why well, you need us. So when by Atlanta for the eighty fourth time, which Atlanta's a fine city, but I'll tell you what, Atlanta as a host city for events is a giant pain in the ass. Again, what it's you know, I tell all these stupid stories, so people who have not been listening for all twenty plus years, this this'll go back to a freaking Super Bowl in whatever year it was, two thousand. I, I am especially now with, with the phone and, and GPS. But even with you know in the map days, I mean, we actually use maps, right? I don't get lost. I don't. Atlanta, I get lost. There's fifty Peachtree streets. Never. It, just, it, I, 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 but I you have you have ha, Atlanta actually has some decent mass transit, but you got to drive around. So I'm not ripping on Atlanta. It's a cool city, but. In this case, we're like, no, we're not moving CES. So you got you got to adjust to us, alter your system. And frankly, like it's a bit, it's the BCs title game is a gigantic event. Um, it will be even more valuable when there's a real playoff.
1: Gives time UNLV to get in the mix for the BC for the, uh, for the that, title game. That's too. the ultimate hope. Um, that was
0: probably in the negotiations that they could slip in as the eight in uh, a tournament.
1: I will say, I do like the optics of t- kind of your point about you need us. Um, now, how about you move your title game back a week? <laughs> and then
0: when they say no, like, that's fine. You'll be back. And they are. They will. <laughs> They'll, They'll be will. back in 2027. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, R- Eisen was, like, shocked. Like, dude, we by 2025, we're going to have, like, 165,000 rooms here. Yeah. Go ahead. Match that. Anywhere else. And everything feels like it's within walking distance. And by then, the idea, uh, you know, that Tix, uh Seagerbloom has that we should be shutting down portions of the Strip to traffic mm-hmm. and just make it, you know, a, a walking area, I think that'll be a reality. There'll be certain areas of the strip. We'll just shut it down. Well, believe me, it's coming. Like people are going to get used to big events here. When F1, I, I, every, I talk about F1 every week. I can't freaking wait to what that event is going to do to the city and our thinking.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I will say this. Like you were talking about, you know, the day of the draft when we were here. My first thought was like, man, like how am I going to get that? What a pain in the it, ass! It right? was an extra five minutes. It was nothing. And, and that was because I stopped at the Rebel right here on the corner because I had to get something.
0: We were, uh, we were at Crazy Horse Three and decided you, you hung out with yeah. us for a little bit right so we were right near crazy horse three we decided to drive over here and i was like oh man Cobalt's is going to be unbelievable you know driving by ellis island and you know behind you know whatever just past harman yep. nothing right up the road well and the cool thing
1: is and you and i were talking about this last week which is like a, a city like this kind of expanding on what you're talking about if something's up the block force whatever you know there's the strip is long. It is wide. There's many things to do out here. There are parties littered up and down the strip, and everything. Athletes doing things all up and down the strip the day, of the you know, the weekend of the draft. Same thing with college football when it comes out here. Whatever event, you know, to I guess that's why Eisen was talking about being absorbed, right? The city absorbing it. There's so many different areas in which you can put events around the strip, and it's big enough that events like this are going to go off mainly without a hitch.
0: Giveaway time. Give Jared a call three six four eleven hundred caller seven. 7- Desert Dogs are coming. Lacrosse, it'll be at the Mick Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay. We've got a uh, fan pack of merch. Desert Dog merch, 364-1100. It's caller 7. Look into the team. Get your information at LasVegasDesertDogs.com. Or to buy early tickets, get them now. It's LasVegasDesertDogs.com. And the phone number to get the merch, 364-1100. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. I keep saying let's flip the page because we're uh, hitting a lot of topics today. You know we're always down to talk some running Rebel basketball. And with the portal, there's been so much news. And really with the program, there's been a ton of news because uh, a couple of coaches moved on in Carlin Hartman to uh, Florida and Tim Buckley to South Carolina. So they got some... New assistant coaches in place. John Cooper is one of them. Former assistant at SMU. We'll tell you about his other stops, but he's up with Cofield and Company here in Vegas. How are you, sir?
2: Hey guys, how are you guys doing today?
0: We're good. We're fired up. We're fired up. It's uh, I was gonna <laughs> say the the sports world never stops now that we have uh, major league sports in town, and we're coming out of the NFL draft, so we're we're jacked up about that. I was gonna ask you, how are you doing? Uh, you know, this time of year maybe you had a couple of weeks off, but college basketball now. In you know the beginning of May, it's freaking lunacy.
2: Well, it's it's a little crazy, as you said. The, the portal the portal has started. The portal has run its course from the standpoint of young men being able to enter, but we're still as coaches, we're still meddling around. We're still digging in. You know, it's like it's like potluck, man. It's got all kinds of stuff in there. So um, as you can as you can see with some of the kids that we have uh, signed on board, that we were certainly very active. Uh, there in the portal and, and really excited about what you know the young men that we we're able to get out.
0: So I want to talk about some of those guys in a couple of minutes and what the roster is going to look like. But let's let's concentrate on you first. Uh, for you, why UNLV?
2: Well, I mean, I think when you take a look at you know certainly where the program is and, and the hands that it's in uh, with Kevin and and where you know you look at last year and for me is interesting because I I had an opportunity to get a pretty doggone uh, up-close up look at the program, and they our right there in uh, Dallas and played them. And, um, I've known um, Coach Kruger for years and years. I actually coached against him when he was playing at Arizona State, and I was at Oregon. And then, of course, his dad also recruited me when he was the head coach at State State. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri, so I was one of the guys he recruited. So um, I think it's headed in the right direction. I think you've got to really, really, really um, bright young mind that's sitting here and it's um, guiding the program in the right direction and so um, I certainly thought this was a a great opportunity for me and my family you know so here we are although this is the time you try to give a little bit of a break but (laughs) you're moving and you're doing all of that like I'm doing it makes it very hectic during this time of year
0: Over the years as an assistant you've been at South Carolina and Oregon as you mentioned and Auburn and Oklahoma State and and uh, most recently SMU and you you were with all different sorts of head coaches right? Yeah,
2: I mean it's you know when you you start back to South Carolina and that was for Eddie Fogler, who I played for in college so it started there and you hit it right on the head I've I've been around various styles and various thought processes um, but you know one of the things that was always important for me is as I go about this business, is to make sure that I'm working for good people, you know, first and foremost. And so um, I've been very fortunate um, from that standpoint. And, you know, I feel the same way now. And coming here and being with Kevin, I think, you know, certainly just, you know, take away the basketball. What kind of person are you dealing with? And I think he's certainly, you know, is above a coach in that manner.
0: Yeah, and over the years people, you know, have raved about, Lon Krueger now, you know, after his coaching career, he's you know he's still very heavily involved in the Coaches versus Cancer, which is a tremendous cause, and I know they have the, the big golf event coming up a little later this month. Of all, all the places, not to get too personal, but of all the places you've been with your family, what was your favorite place so far to live? Well,
2: I, I mean, like you said, I've been a lot of places, and, and I think one of the things that I've started to realize, I've enjoyed being in the bigger Type cities, um, you know. South Carolina was really good. I, mean, I met my wife there, so I mean, come on, yeah, sure. gotta, sure. gotta give a you nod know, to that, that one, that.
0: or else. Yeah, we,
2: we got to give a nod. And then um, when you look at living in Nashville, that was really good. Dallas was really good to me, and then and then of course here. And I think what happens is, you know, when you're coaching like I'm doing, it's the day to day. You're locked in. You're going to work. But one of the things you soon realize is that when you have a family and your kids start getting older, you know, it becomes important are they getting the things that they need or the different opportunities or their, or their options. And, and so that's the same, you know, things that I've realized I should say for them. And then you look at all the schools I've been to. This this job here is first where it is a basketball job, you know has been, you look through the history, and that really makes it unique because you know there's not a lot of places that are like that, that are certainly left in the country, especially with what's going on with football and the amount of money they're bringing in and all the different leagues, but
1: this certainly fits the bill. Given all the stops that you've made, uh, how good are you at moving at this point? I feel like you have to have it down to a science.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Listen, hey, guys, listen, this is what I know. My family's coming in tonight. <laughs> That gets me off the hook for about maybe another two weeks. And so the phone calls end a lot better when you see your family. You haven't seen them in about three weeks. But it's hard. It's it's hard in this market um, for everyone to buy a home or to rent a home. It's certainly hard when you come to a place and you're new. You don't know a lot about the market. And you start looking at the prices of everything and how things have skyrocketed. You know, I came to Dallas couple of years ago, it was the same thing, and now I come here, same thing. So I'm getting a taste of it. I'm trying to figure it out. But hopefully by this weekend, we'll have a, a really, really good direction as far as what we're doing.
0: Newest UNLV assistant, John Cooper, is up with Cofield and company. You know, I uh, obviously follow college basketball. I follow the, the transfer portal. And I said from the get-go when the kid went in that Kendrick Davis, I thought, was the most impactful guy in the portal. And I actually, I well, thought last year all – because I do sidelines on radio for UNLV. Uh, of all the, the teams that UNLV played, I thought Kendrick Davis was the most impactful player, the most in control player uh, of any of the opposition the Rebels played. So you coached him. You know, what is he going to do here at this next stop? I mean, I, for him, I, I, I think the goal is to win a national championship, and he deserves it. He's an awesome player.
2: Well, I mean, you know, one, I mean, obviously I'm very close with him, and, and, and the one thing about him is he eats it and he sleeps it. I mean, he's in there. He's in gym all day. He could be there 24 hours. That's where he'd be. And when you start seeing kids that are that size, because he's not the biggest guy, but the way he plays, he plays so big. Um, and like you said, he's able to control the game from that position. He can see things that are happening. Um, you know, he, he's a really, really good player. And, and in turn, makes you a really good coach. Um, but, you know, I agree. I, I think he was you know, probably the best player that we can support him. With. You know, I think he's going to go to a place now that he's very familiar with and he's familiar with him. Um, I think that's going to make his transition easier. And he wanted to be on that stage. And, you know, a little-known fact is one of his teammates and great friends is Desmond Banks. And Desmond's there in Memphis, so Desmond will be able to, you know, help him out and watch over him and everything else. And so, you know, it just all sort of came together.
0: So for you, coming into a new conference, what do you know about the Mountain West Conference? Because to me it seems like Kevin Kruger is building a team, not exactly in the image of San Diego State, but San Diego State's been the most uh, sturdy program. They're consistent every year. You know, no matter what, they're going to play defense. And so far out of the portal, we just keep saying, you know, name after name after name that, you know, this guy was highly decorated here defensively. I mean, you are building what I think is going to be a really good, hopefully, you know, top 50 or 75 defensive team in the country.
2: Well, I, th- I think when you, you look at this league, you look at the American where I came from, I think there's, there's a lot that could be said in the comparison of San Diego State and Houston. Yep. And one, one of, both of those teams live and need off of their defense. And so one of the things you quickly learn when you're in their league is that, you know what? We've got to make sure that we're good and that we're sound on the defensive end. We can be as good as we want to be on the offensive end, be pretty and look good and everything else. But if we're not able to go down to that other end and and be able to hold people and, and shut the water off on people, then that's going to make it hard. So I think, you know, when you talk about San Diego State and their consistency, talk about what we were able to do this year. Obviously, if you were in the American, you're very familiar, very familiar with this league, particularly in our case because. There's four teams, and, and we got two, and, you know, we thought it actually that, you know, we should have gotten in, but, hey, that's how it goes. Um, so, you know, I think Kev did a great job with, you know, with the guys in the portal and understanding that we're going to have to be able to get stops. You know, you, know, you got to score. We all, we all understand that. But the ability to have the toughness and grit on the defensive end particularly as you're here in this league and looking at the team that's really been the standard there for, for a good while here, then, you know, you know you're going to have to go through them. And so I think we've addressed those needs uh, in a pretty decent manner.
0: What's the goal from here for Kevin Kruger and the staff in terms of filling these last two or three spots? Donovan Williams can still come back, so that, that one's up in the air. But uh, where do you go from here? Are you, are you getting bigger? Are you looking for someone who was more of a scorer? What are you guys looking for?
2: Well, I think I think the field is is a little bit open in some ways. You know, I think we're in a position now to where we can sit and, and take a look and evaluate and say, Okay, this is a fit for us. You know, do we need to add a little bit more size? Do we need to add a little bit more bulk? Um, I think, you know, you start there in that area as you look at the makeup of our team. You know, but you know, there's gotta be someone that fits that deal. You know, and, and then, you know, the the next thing becomes, can we get them? And, and I think, I think during this time of transfer and the portal and everything else, I think we're positioned in a, a really, really good, good spot being here in Vegas and, and being able to bring kids out here and for them to see what we have and see the facilities. And so, you know, I, I know we'll definitely continue to look. And, and of course, anytime there's size, I mean, I think basically every program in the country takes a look at that size and, you know, does it make sense?
0: Coach, congrats on the job. Welcome to town. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad to hear your family's you know, finally going to be around, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and giving us a couple of minutes.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you.
0: There he is, John Cooper, new assistant with UNLV. I'll follow up on this, and I want John's take on this as well, what they've built so far and what they may look for, because uh, they've built a defensive juggernaut, and a lot of people are like, hey, they got to score. How are they going to score? with the fat pack on cofield and company
3: i'm gonna live till i die i'm gonna laugh instead of cry i'm gonna take the town and turn it upside down all right, so have you gotten over your bitterness about
0: these die. themed holidays that They're clearly appropriate another culture but allow us to all get drunk and eat their I'm food
1: no i mean i think i've always been this kind of this is i guess my curmudgeonly self I've always, I've always felt this way about holidays. Like, yeah. Cinco de Mayo, you're not really celebrating. You don't really care about what the actual day is. It's the same thing. I remember I got flack when I was your producer when I came on the air Veterans Day, and I popped on with a quip and realized there are so many veterans in the office because nobody was there. I believe that yeah, the everyone, holidays should everyone be everyone celebrated. Everyone did take the day off. That's right. a I, good point. I've just always been like a guy that thinks th- th- the holidays should be celebrated by the people that, you
0: know, it's for. What I'm glad we don't do uh, on Cinco de Mayo is go down the path to for Thanksgiving and St. Paddy's Day because there's always this assertion like, you never eat turkey, you know, non-Thanksgiving, you're a phony, or even worse, you know, how often do you eat corned beef? Don't eat it today. The cabbage. No one's going to challenge us on how often we eat tacos oh, or yeah. burritos. Right. Or flautas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I like I the pizzazz. I, put have, the no, pizazz, I huh? have no idea. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You know, I try like, and
0: then, you know, I try, I go to the Mexican restaurant, they look at me and they're like, just order. Okay. <laughs> don't, you, you sound like an idiot.
1: Well, see, I don't know. I wonder because I know somebody who like when they go to restaurants, they'll order it as a chili Rolino, you know what I mean? Uh, they, like, on, on purpose? They
0: box the, it on purpose? No, like it's just,
1: they've never taken the time to try to learn how to pronounce it properly.
0: And I feel like at least if you try, you deserve some credit. Do you try when you go to the Italian restaurant with the uh, with the? Let me get the gabagool. Uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I wish people could say it because not only was it the the gabagool, it's the hey yeah. with the hand. Yeah. hey. I
1: followed this guy. He's like a he's like this <laughs> this really skinny. He's a skinny fat like New Jersey like cook on TikTok. I don't know, but he uses a whole bunch of like yeah. you know like the Italian slang yeah, the and stuff like that. Slang. Like
0: I want to start using a little bit more of it. You know what I mean. It's good. It's good. I uh, actually paid off. God dang, I don't remember what bet it was. I had a bet with Willie. I cannot remember. Anyway, um, so we went to an Italian restaurant, and uh, he's funny, man. He goes to this place all the time. And he's like, yeah, he's like, usually the, the we want to get the, uh, the antipasto plate, right? Uh, she usually puts together, like, a mix. She, uh, she usually puts the stinky provolone on there. And the lady's like, what? Oh I was like the sharp provolone. It wasn't his lady, which I think is funny calling it a stinky provolone, and it was stinky. Uh, I've got something here. I got some breaking, some breaking information. Oh, I hope it was, is it a Raiders running back just got cut? Well, here's the thing. This breaking information: way, he, a Raiders running back did get cut. It's not one of the guys you would think. So this breaking information is
1: is clearly from somebody who's listening right now. It's also somebody who did not text me back earlier today when I texted him something. So I don't know if I should come to air with this, but this is quite the accusation, so I'm going to do it anyway. I've gotten a text that alleges that Steve says he, quote, loves corned beef,
0: yet he literally will only get it on St. Patrick's Day. That's not accurate. So do you really love corned beef? Okay. That's not accurate because name another person at the station. Name another person. Well, there's got to be some people in Vegas. I, in the world! No, I have the slicer. That is a verified fact. Fact? Fact. And I have... It's getting heated. I often have a slab of corned beef in the freezer. A slab? Yes. Not just not just any, well, not just any corn, amount of a slab. Uh, corned beef, is, you go to a grocery store and it's like, you know, come on. It's not filet. But, you know, they, they want like $12 a pound. If you go to one of the big... You know, box stores. You can get—I don't know. It's probably like a 12-pound thing of corned beef. I can't eat all of it in one sitting, so I freaking slice off a couple of pounds, and yeah, corned beef. Why not? Okay, that's outrageous. That accusation—that is outrageous. an outrageous accusation. Well, I'll take it that I'm, that I'm that I'm only a corned beef guy on St. Paddy's Day.
1: I mean, I could I could proudly say that I am. It's, I have never gone anywhere and been like,
0: man. I'm hankering for some corned beef. Well, today. I mean, the other thing is, I'm a deli guy. We have some good delis here. Yes, of course, I will get. I mean, come on, I mean, you, you set me off like this. Do we have do we have those bios up on the website? I keep filling out the bio, and it's never up on the web. You ever see those bios? You've seen them. I have you, one. When I have you one work at Lotus, like 10, you know, you were full time. You're coming in and out now.
1: For some reason, mine says that. Uh, do you have like? Does it yeah. have like
0: favorite sandwich? Uh, no, it's got something like that. But okay, yeah. my favorite sandwich. I will usually fill out a Reuben. Is that corned beef? Yes. Never had a Reuben. I we know that you never you, until like a year ago you never had pumpernickel rye or pumpernickel. Well, I've never I had can't say I've a still, pumpernickel.
1: I still, still never had it. You never had this. pumpernickel. Yeah, I don't know about this year ago thing. I've still never. Oh, I thought had you had it. it. I
0: think you tried it. No, oh.
1: I think you tried it. And you're like mm. I think you know. I think there's probably a day where I've tried a Reuben because like I feel like there was a day where there was like a snack plate and there were like fancy little Reubens and I tried one maybe, but I like. Again, I've never gone to a deli and be like, "Give me
0: the Reuben." I ju- i mean, I just—I don't know why you guys do this because this is what I-, I just. Have you ever been to the place downtown? They got like the uh, the English folded bready thing, right? It's a pasty, right? I mean, I just freaking had the the corned beef pasty. Pasty, the- is pasty, that what you're trying pasty, to say? Whatever, pasty, pasty, <laughs> pasty sounds uh, kind of you know white and sick. It's Cornish pasty. I feel like it's a pasty. I think it's Cornish pasty. No. Yeah? I think I'm right. He's pointing at both of us. He has no idea what they he's doing. They understand he's, he just wants to score points. <laughs> he's literally just going like this. <laughs> like Just pointing at both of us back and forth. Someone someone tweet us. At me, JVT. I
1: feel like it's pasty. Pasty? A, like, pasty. A, like, like, this goes back to my Harry Potter fandom. I thought they called them pumpkin pasties. Not pumpkin pasties. You might be right. You might be right. I don't know.
0: But anyway, I just had, a, I had the corned beef. The, I think it's called the Reuben. I think. So do they put corn in it? I mean, nah, they were just now. Nah, you're being ridiculous. No, I'm serious. Like, I've never understood what they call a corned beef. I gotta, I gotta deliver on the tease real quick here. Um, okay, rest okay, UNLV, of, yeah. Rest of the UNLV roster. So they got, they got three bigs. Um, Josh Baker, one of the backup guards, just went into the portal. He landed at Grand Canyon, actually, like a day later. Uh, last week, Reese Brown went in. They were really short on bigs at different parts of the season. They need one more big, right? Because they got yeah. Vika They just got. Isaiah Cottrell. They have Milwaukee back, mm-hmm. so they probably need another big. Yeah. And he probably needs to be a little more offensive-minded, I would think. that's. I would think that is the case, especially when
1: like, there were times last year, and this roster is definitely, obviously different, but there were times last year when the offense would bog down and if you weren't getting um, scoring from your best player, Bryce Hamilton, then, you know, it would kind of fall off the cliff. And you can only do so much with really good defense and rebounding. At some point, you got to have a valve to rely on. Actually, you would have more than one. And I would think you would get more of a an offensive focus big.
0: Coming up, let's uh, recap the draft from a betting standpoint. Brad Powers kicked booty, and he's big on college football. Man, there, I, I know it sounds crazy. It is early May. And I was just saying, oh, college basketball, there's so much going on. College football, there's so much going on, again, with the transfer portal. And now you got these crazy accusations from the Pitt football program accusing others of stealing one of their rest players. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting with Brad Powers. All right, let's get to some uh, draft recap, college football talk. Brad Powers here in just a second. Breaking news, and we'll get to this at length in the 5 o'clock hour. Bill Foley on night GM Kelly McCrimmon. Uh-oh. Now he's back. He's I think back. people would say uh-oh. Yeah, he's back. We'll uh, we'll analyze that in the 5 o'clock hour. So they are going to retain the GM Kelly McCrimmon. We don't know what the status is of one Pete DeBoer. Brad Powers is up on this Thursday. Brad, how you doing, buddy?
3: Excellent. How
0: are you guys doing? We're good. Uh, you know, last week we were—I uh, was trying to take up for the poor sports books, and you and John—you know—you're all about just winning money and 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 playing. You know, screw the books. But dude, you when you sent out the number on how you did on the draft the first day, I mean, if I were the books, I'd be I'd be afraid of you. What? What? You you went like forty-one and seventeen? Yeah,
3: forty-one and seventeen. I mean, I wish I was getting. You know, a couple of dimes, a couple of grand on each of those bets. But, yeah. uh, no, I mean, that, that's, what, that's kind of the expectation. I mean, I, I wasn't wowed by it. I wasn't surprised by it. I just, you know, the, the thing that gets me, look, I mean, I, I just don't get, like, it seems like the state of Nevada, the books, don't want to put anything up. These other states don't have a problem, the draft kings of the world. I mean, they had draft props up for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. I mean, I mean, they put him up until 15 minutes prior to the draft starting. And I know that's more of a gaming rule but and not on the books. But, I mean, if they had their choice, they wouldn't put him up at all. So I, it was more of a complaint about the, the state of Nevada compared to everybody else.
0: So in the draft, I thought it was really interesting, you know, really on the college football here, that Ed Orgeron flames out. You know, he, just, he lost control, lost control of himself. LSU had 10 players drafted from a sub-500 team, Penn State about the same record, and Penn State had eight guys drafted. It was, it was really interesting to see some, you know, super talented teams, at least the way the NFL personnel people looked at it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know Ed Orgeron wasn't just on the field. It was mainly off the field, the reason why he got fired. But uh, I, I just, it goes to show you different expectations for different programs, maybe. Uh, I mean, I, I know James Franklin – in some circles, is well-liked. In other circles, he's, he's overrated. I'm probably in the latter category thinking he's one of the more overrated coaches in the country. Not just seven and six last season. I mean, they had a losing record, you know, the COVID year, 2020. So, I mean, with that amount of talent, NFL draft caliber talent, to have that kind of two-year record, I think is unacceptable. But, I mean, kudos to James Franklin. He's got a 10-year, $85 million contract.
1: So uh, going to uh, a little bit more in terms of college football, uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver for PET, expected to appear in the NCAA transfer portal. Um, and there was accusations with USC, reports that USC was already the favorite to land him despite the fact that it wasn't in the portal. What's going on here? Were the Trojans unfairly accused of something?
3: Uh. You know, where there's smoke, there's probably some fire there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not doubting that that USC was maybe one of the teams that was, you know, that uh, you know, looking in, inquiring about Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, there's stories out there that uh, Pat Narduzzi, you know, Narduzzi goes out and you know makes a phone call to Lincoln Riley, USC head coach. Uh, I'm not sure that that's where Jordan Addison's going to end up, though, at USC. Now that it seems like. Some SEC schools are involved, and if that's the case, if you're asking me what my money's going to be bet on, it's going to be bet on a team like Alabama winning out in the end as far as getting Jordan Addison to transfer there.
0: On Narduzzi, I think it's weak, um, and I would virtually guarantee you that uh, I don't, I'm not saying money, but in terms of timeline and contact, I wonder if he played by the rules with Keaton Slovis. I wonder if every transfer he's brought in, you know, was – whatever rules you think there are in terms of contact like Pat relax bro we, we, you don't want us looking at your program
3: yeah I, t- I totally agree with that I, I thought that was very weak but I I'd expect that from him I'm not a big fan of pat Narduzzi. That just sucks. not he did a good it job does. last year but I mean he's he's stuck in in 2005 so yeah. I mean well, <laughs> well we'll see I just I just loser talk to me. I, I mean, keep your players happy. I mean, that's the name of the game now.
0: It is, and you got to be working all the time. And uh, you know, if you're blindsided by a guy wanting to leave the program, then you failed. You're 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 not doing your job. Yep. So we're getting more games up on the board for college football. We're getting more win totals up as they're starting to roll out. So the ACC win totals come out. You played what? <laughs> a couple of them. What'd you do here?
3: <laughs> yeah, I played 11 out of the 14. So. Um, and look, I wasn't just betting them to bet them. I thought all of them were off. Obviously, at least a half win. And in most cases, more than a half win. So, I think it's a, it's, a, it's going to be a very competitive conference. Uh, so, I just I I'm, a lot of it was just more regression towards the mean. Like I thought a team like Pittsburgh, even though I bet this is at the same that we're talking to William Hill here. In week one, they opened Pittsburgh minus seven against West Virginia. My numbers loved Pittsburgh in that game. So I bet them week one, and yet here we come around to the season win total, and they open nine and a half. Well, I just don't think Pittsburgh is going to win 10 or 11 games this season. Pat Nargis is a guy that always loses one, if not two games. He has absolutely no business losing. So uh, I thought on top of the Jordan Addison moves and just my overall numbers, Pittsburgh under nine and a half wins was a, one of my favorite bets I made. Now, a couple other ones. Louisville over five and a half. Even though they lost the wide receiver, I think they're at least get the bowl eligibility. Clemson's a team that you know I think they're much improved. I am number four in the country in my power ratings right now, but I bet them under ten and a half wins plus money. I think they could easily lose a game or two.
1: So you mentioned, I know I saw you mention up on Twitter too. Uh, not only just of course the ACC. Fanduel released season win totals uh, on how many. I think nearly all the Power Five teams, right?
3: Yeah, I think there was just a couple that they didn't have, but I mean, I think like 60 teams, so, I mean, look, I know it's early May, and, you know, I these books are probably asking, you know, looking for guys like myself, even though I think I have an advantage, you know, why not have Brad Powers, and we could get to hold this money up for, you know, four four or five months easily at a time, and in case of a season went, eight months at a time, so uh, I went ahead and bet a bunch of those, too, I bet about a dozen of those, so. I already, believe it or not, in the 2022 college football season, I'm 35 bets in already.
1: And those are just win totals? You dive into any of these week one lines that are up?
3: Oh, yeah, I bet seven week one games already as well. So, I mean, I fired on Ohio State against Notre Dame, Georgia against Oregon, that Florida State against LSU, Cincinnati against Arkansas, Utah against Florida, Pitt I already mentioned against West Virginia, Mississippi State against Memphis.
0: Go to Brad Power 7 on Twitter, bradpowersports.com, but on Twitter, you know, we've been telling you, Brad's been putting up some video of a lot of the spring games, a lot of the spring showcases, and I saw you getting on uh, Jackson Dart the other day, you know, uh, you got Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss saying he's the uh, transfer king or whatever, the portal king, um, Yeah, he pulled that, that USC quarterback out, I saw there went to a little 7.5 with a lean on the over at minus 140, so what are you seeing right now with Ole Miss? I would, I
3: would lean over there, uh, and I made that bet. That was one bet that I made, but it wasn't a big one for me, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't make that original big bet on that one because watching the spring game, I just wasn't wowed. I mean, it starts with Jackson Dart, didn't look good, but I I, was, I didn't think he was a slam dunk to win the starting job to begin with. I thought the Altmeyer kid was very highly regarded coming out of high school. I know he had a bad sugar bowl, but he was thrown into a horrible spot with Matt Corral getting hurt during the game. <laughs> Going up against a David Randa defense is not ideal, so. Uh, that, that right now, Jackson Dart's not your starting quarterback. He was taking second-string reps in that game, and I'll be honest with you, I thought the third-string quarterback was uh, much better than he was. So right now, Jackson Dart uh, won't be your starter at Ole Miss. When,
1: when you're watching these spring games, what are you looking for? Like, How much do, do what you see on the field solidify your opinion on a team or, or your numbers on a team when you're watching them this far out from the season?
3: So that's a really good question, and I get it all the time. So, you know, I'm not adjusting my power rating too much on a team. I'm just looking for backup quarterbacks. Hey, if the starter gets injured during the season, I want to know if this backup's capable or not. So that's probably number one. I'm looking at overall depth uh, on teams. And, no, mainly I'm just, you know, it's more of a carefree. Uh, I mean, I can really, you know, instead of like four or five different college football games going on at the same time, I can really, you know, get to learn a
2: team as
3: far as you know different offensive linemen, different edge rushers that can get after the quarterback. So I mean, it's just mainly me just learning the personnel.
0: You know, I listen to you guys, and it always happens every spot. I get tantalized by some bet. So William Hill's Uh-oh. got Vanderbilt. I know Brad's like, oh, here we go. So William Hill's got Vanderbilt football over/under. I I love the low numbers because I'm like they're not going to be that bad. They can't be that bad. Vanderbilt's over-under is two-and-a-half wins. Now, come on. Come on now. I know I know you mocked on me the other day because they, they had a spring game that they, they couldn't even win that. They finished 32-32. Um, Vandy's at Hawaii. Come on. Hawaii's a mess. They got Elon, and then they're at Northern Illinois. That's three wins. Come on. Over.
3: Nah, Northern Illinois is a, probably a touchdown favorite against Vanderbilt. So oh, that's probably your mistake. I think two-and-a-half's about right. So, and, and, I mean, you, you – you cannot count on any wins in the SEC. Vanderbilt's no, going to be a double-digit no. underdog, if not a two-touchdown-plus underdog in every single conference. So
0: you, know, you know basically going to
3: come down to Northern Illinois game.
0: Yeah, I didn't mention any of the SEC. I was like, oh, of course i are pulling out. I couldn't even get it out of my mouth before before laughing. Um, Brad's got a really interesting take. Brad Powers is with us. you got a really interesting take while the casuals, not me, uh, you know, lament the transfer portal. Like, wake up, dummies, because if you pay attention – the portal actually gives you a chance with all of this upheaval and movement and coaches moving that if you're a smart gambler, there's some advantages you can get here.
3: Absolutely. So, I mean, look, it requires more work and I get it. We live in a day and age where people just don't want to put in the time. But another reason why I watch spring games and more than ever is because of the transfer and there's different player personnel more than ever. I mean, I, I gotta know, like, I mean, I'm watching Rutgers right now, uh, and obviously, they lose a couple of good skill position guys, including Bo Melton, a wide receiver. Well, I mean, if you're, you're watching the game, okay, I think they're going to be okay at wide receiver. Why? Well, they got a Syracuse transfer that's pretty good, and Tosh Harris, they got a West Virginia transfer at wide receiver that looks pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, I, I like it because there's so much different uncertainty, and uncertainty creates opportunity. Because I feel like I can price that uncertainty. Better than the sports books, can, at least at this point in the season.
0: I love it. I love it. Good pop for Rutgers there, too. Uh, that sends us off another weekend in a good mood. Brad, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is, Brad Powers. BradPowersSports.com. Uh, you know, you wonder why the guy wins during college football season? Cause he's getting down bets now from, from a value standpoint, and he's working now.
1: Right. He's also watching Rutgers football, which is a saintly move.
0: Real quick. I keep seeing baseball stories about changing the ball. Right? Yeah. Do you think they told sportsbooks who they're partnered with on the integrity front? Do you think they told them? Or are books looking up now going, What do you what do you mean you changed the ball to deaden it? We need to know that for totals at the beginning of the season. Hold on to that. Five o'clock hours coming up. Silver Sevens, happy hours going down right now. Two seventy-seven on lots of the drinks at two different bars. We're hanging out with prizes at the Bud Light Lounge. Flamingo and Paradise, Silver 7th.